All right, so last week we started this series called Faithfully, and I would really encourage you to go back and listen to the sermon online if you, haven't, if you weren't here last Sunday or if you haven't listened to it yet. We talked about the faithfulness of God last week. That is the foundation of this, and understanding that that's how He lives His life. And don't you know that God, being an eternal God, has chosen the right way to live life? A way that he would feel good about himself. A way that he would enjoy who he is for eternity. He does all things right. And so he's saying, if you want to enjoy your life, you've got to be faithful. Take it from him. Listen to him. Learn from him. That when you're faithful, when you're loyal, when you're doing the right things in life, you will enjoy your life even if everything else has gone wrong. So today we're talking about being stable. This is one of those characteristics of faithfulness that has to be there. And this is what God is. God is stable, and we talked about that last week. He is the rock. He is the rock. That's stability, right? So today we're going to talk about being stable ourselves. One of the biggest attributes needed in your life to be faithful, to live a faithful life, is to make your life stable, to work on the stability of your life. James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote this. He said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Poof. Okay, we could stop there and just think on that for the rest of the day. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, when, when bad things happen to you. Consider it pure joy. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. He says this is what God wants you to get to, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, so he goes into this illustration, if any of you lacks wisdom, for instance, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Okay, let those words sink in. Well, I can't ask him for forgiveness because I did this and this, or not forgiveness, but wisdom. I can't ask him for wisdom because I did this wrong and this wrong. I've got this going on in my life. Look what he says. Who gives generously to all without finding fault. He will give wisdom to anybody that asks him for it. You ask and it will be given to you. Verse 6, but when you ask, and this this is key, but when you ask, You must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is unstable in all they do. All right, so he says this isn't just a problem with what you ask of God. This is something that is is a problem in all of your life. If you can't believe the truth that God wants to give wisdom when you ask for it, that's truth, then you're going to struggle to believe truth in other areas of your life. That's what he's saying. Unstable. You're going to believe lies in other areas of your life. So James is telling us that while we live on this earth as followers of Christ, that being mature, uh, becoming mature and complete, not lacking anything is the goal. 
that we strive to become mature, that we strive to not lack anything in our relationship with God and anything in our character, that we become complete. And he uses wisdom here as this illustration. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. God will give it to you. Why? How do you know that? Because God wants everybody to have wisdom. What's he saying? Set your mind on it when you pray. God wants me to have wisdom. God wants me to be able to walk through this situation with wisdom and to know how to deal with it. God will give me wisdom if I ask for it. And I believe that. But when you start thinking, well, why would he give me wisdom? Why would he give you, why would he do that for me? I'm just, I, I don't, I, God just wants me to flounder the rest of my life is what you're saying. He doesn't. He says, that's unstable thinking. Well, God just wants me to barely get by for the rest of my life. He doesn't. That's unstable thinking. Why? Because it's a lie. And when we believe lies, that's what makes us unstable. Believing truth brings stability to our lives. Then we're able to make decisions based upon principle and what's right and what's wrong. God wants your life to be stable, mature, and complete, not lacking anything. Isn't that awesome? That's what he wants. So ask and believe. Know that that's true. And wisdom here is just the illustration that he used. In the hospital, they check for your vitals. What are, what are the vitals they check for? Yeah. Oxygen, heart rate, blood pressure, they check your vitals. And when your vitals are good, what do they say? They're stable. Right? So in the same way, there are areas in your life that can be checked to find out if you're stable or not. Now, most often we think of, okay, if they, I'm going to check my health, see if my health is stable. I'm going to check my finances, see if my finances are stable. I'm going to check my relationships, my marriage. Is my marriage stable? And we look and we think that that's where we find our stability, but it's not. It's, it's deeper than that. Those are things that we can look to and say, all right, these can be symptoms that I'm unstable in my life. Bad marriage, bad finances, bad health. Those can be symptoms of it. Don't necessarily mean that that's what happened, though, because life can happen in various ways. And so there are deeper things than just looking and saying, okay, I've got these areas in my life that need to be stable. And if I get those areas figured out, then I'll be okay. But it's deeper than that. Those are just, they can be symptoms that you're unstable inside of your life. So let's take a look at your vitals. What are the vitals that you can look at and say, okay, if I've got these stable in my life, everything else is eventually going to work out if it's not today. If your life is all over the place, your ability to be counted on is gone. It suffers. People need to count on you. God wants to count on you. And so becoming stable in these areas of your life is necessary. So here are your vitals. Anybody ever take a journal, journalism class? Okay, so in journalism, they teach you that you need to have these things in your life. And these are the vitals of your life. Who? What? How? And why? Those are, those are your vitals. So we're going to check those today. And I want you to stop and think about these things in your life. So when you know who to do your life with, when you know 
what you're, you're here to do. Why are you here on this earth? Why are you anywhere? When you know what you're here to do, when you know where you do your life's meaning, and when you know when you're supposed to do it, and you know how to do what you do, how is important, isn't it? And then you know why you're doing what you do. Those things provide stability in your life. You've got to have the answers to all of those questions for you to be determined stable. So these are the vitals for you to live a life of faithfulness. So let's talk first about who you're doing life with. Who you're doing life with is a vital choice in your life. Does God only want you to hang around Christian people, good Christian people? I hear people all the time, man, I would just wish God would let me work with only Christians. <laughs> well, you try that, you're going to hate Christians after a while. Mm, maybe I shouldn't have said that. It's true, though, because they're just humans, right? Oh, if I just had a place that was just like heaven. No, 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 no. God has bigger. He's got more things for you to do than just hanging out with Christians all day. Did Jesus just hang out with believers all day? He didn't. But on the other hand, does God just want you to hang out with all the unbelievers all day? No. All right, so Jesus' example is that, that his life, he built a life with his disciples, a stable life with his disciples. They were his support system. They helped him to do his, his mission, right? But his mission was to be also friends with the lost, and that's so important for us to understand that the lost is our mission, but we've also got to have friends and people around us that are stable to make our own lives stable so that then we can also continue to do our mission. Because if our lives aren't stable, we're not going to be able to do the mission that God has called us to do. So the problems in our life arise, though, when we have unstable people trying to use them to make our lives stable. And so you've got to have stable people, consistent, stable people in your life. And that's why we're here as a church every week, every week, every week. We're here on Wednesday night. We're here on Sundays. We're here all week long. If you need someone to call, you have a stable life with these people in your life. Isn't that awesome? So that why? You can go out and do the mission throughout the week. You can reach the lost. You can encourage the, the Christian that's out there that hasn't found their church family or that needs, that needs what you've got. You see, that's when the problems arise in our life, though, is when we're, we're using unstable people to try to make our, our lives stable. Don't count on those people for that. You're there to help them. You and I need to surround our people, ourselves with people that show up, that are faithful. We need to surround ourselves with people that use common sense, What do I mean by that? Truth is common sense. Believe truth. It's just common sense to believe in God. <laughs> All you got to do is look around and, oh my goodness, oh God, you're alive. All you got to do is look around. It's just common sense. It's as, it's as sensible as coming in out of the rain. God is, He exists, wow. People who are realistic enough to just see, it's obvious Jesus is the Messiah. If they just look into it, 
It's obvious. It's common sense. You surround yourself with common sense. People who are faithful, surround yourself with people who are faithful. They just use common sense and they do what's right. They believe truth when they see truth and they reject lies when they see lies. Are you following me? Are you really listening? Truth is common sense. Surround yourself with people who have truth. Build your life with people who have common sense and have truth in their life and accept it in their life. You see, this is, let me, let me go into this a little deeper. This is how God conducts himself in relationships. There are a couple of things here about faithfulness that's so important. One, he remains faithful to though, to even when we aren't, that is. He remains faithful even when we aren't. And secondly, he shows himself faithful to the faithful. Look at what the scripture says. Paul wrote this to Pastor Timothy. He said, if we're faithless, he remains faithful. He remains faithful even if we're not. Why? Because that's who he is. As parents, if your kids go astray, you stay faithful. And when we're not faithful, he remains faithful. What does that say to us? It says don't base your faithfulness on whether or not others are faithful or not. People are going to fail you, aren't they? People are going to walk out of your life at times. People are going to want to be wishy-washy in their relationship with you at times. Your job is to just be faithful and stay at it. And look what he says also. Uh, David wrote this about God. He said, all right, this is, this is who God is. This is what he does. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the faithful, he shows himself faithful. And what does that mean? It means if we do that, you surround yourself with faithful people and you be faithful to the faithful. Look in your life and go, okay, this person is stable in my life. I need to be faithful to that person. This group of people are faithful in my life. I need to be faithful towards that. That's what God is. He's faithful to the faithful. That's beautiful, isn't it? Faithful to the faithful. Don't let the faithful down. If you let anybody down in this world, don't let it be the faithful. They're the ones that are your support. They're the ones that are there to help you do what God has called you to do in His, in his mission for your life. So who you are faithful to, who are you doing life with? You've got to know that question, and you've got to be stable in it. Who are you faithful to? Who are you doing life with? Know the answer to that question. Then another question is, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Who, what? What are you doing here? And when you don't know the answer to that question, you're going to be reaching, striving, trying to find what's worthwhile doing. You'll grab on to the next new thing and think, okay, this is where it is. And it's not. But you need to know what you're doing here. You need to know your purpose and meaning in life. And, and the problem is when you're striving to find that out, you're never going to be faithful. You're never going to commit yourself to what you're supposed to be doing because you're going after the next new thing. You need to know what you're doing. This is vital in your life for you to be faithful. Eli is enjoying Toy Story. Y'all remember Toy Story? I love that movie. 
And I, I got him this hat this week. Check it out. Yeah. So every time I come home, he grabs that horse and he'll just shove it right there and expect me to go bouncing around the room with it. So <laughs> what's that in the real world? Yeah. In the <laughs> so in this story, y'all remember the story, Buzz Lightyear. Remember Buzz to infinity and beyond. Buzz Lightyear, he struggles to understand what, what he's doing here. Why am I here? What am I doing? What is my life about? And he hasn't come to realize that the most important part of his life is the fact that he belongs to Andy. Remember that? Andy's written his name on the bottom of Buzz's shoe. And he says, you're mine. You belong to me and you're here for me to enjoy, right? But Buzz doesn't get that. Buzz is trying to live just like every other Buzz that's, that was created and programmed. Buzz thinks he's on a mission, and he's going to do what he was created for, and he thinks he's the only one with this mission. And, and, and his, his, his Andy is like, no, you're here. You're my toy. And in so many ways, that is what we need to see and understand about God. We belong to him. He wants to play with us. He wants to do things in our lives. And he's written his name on us, you know? I mean, we bear his name. And he says, you belong to me, and I love you, and I want to do things with you. And, and this is what you're here for. More than anything, you're here to love me. More than anything, you're here to serve me. More than anything, you, you're going to look into my life for you and say, all right, I found purpose. That's where we find meaning in our life is looking to him for it. And if you want to know what you're doing here, look to him, ask him, follow him. He has a reason for you to be here. God has set you apart. So there's who and there's what and now there's where. Where are you doing life's meaning? You need to know that you're doing your life's meaning in a specific place. You need to know that you're settled where you are. I love the, I love the, um, the little saying, bloom where you're planted. All right, you've been planted here. Settle on it where you're doing it. Otherwise, you just kind of float around looking where do I... It's funny, every now and then, I, there are these people that, that come in, this male, men and women, that come in every now and then. There'll be a guest to the church, and, and I call them walkers. And walkers are people that, that are basically Christian nomads. And so after service, I'll see them and I'll introduce myself to them. And they'll immediately be telling me, oh, man, I never settle into a church, but I just go and I visit all these churches all over, and I just love it, and it's wonderful. And, and they tell me where they've been recently, and they tell me where they're headed recently. And basically what they want me to hear is that they have come in, and they've tested and validated that we're a Christian church. I'm like, oh, so, so grateful you came and told me this. I had no idea. I was wondering, you know, if without you, I would not know that we are actually following Christ. And Really funny, isn't it? And, um, and here's the thing. I would wager that these people have, have a struggle in, with long-term relationships in every area. That they don't have. And what's, what's sad is 
they probably think that they have a large base of support in their life, that a lot of people know them, and there may be a lot of people that know them because they've gone to so many different places, but not one of those people are waking up on Sunday morning going, man, I can't wait to get to church to see this person. It's not happening for them because they're not faithful. They haven't committed themselves to people and to a cause for God. They haven't. Who, what, where, choosing where is a necessary thing for you to live faithfully. Or if you don't know when you are supposed to do it. When is another part. You see, if you don't commit yourself to specific times and dates in your life, then you're not committed. What are you committed to? Who is counting on you at a specific time, a specific day? What are you committing yourself to? If you're not deciding when you will do something, then guess what? The loudest voice is going to get your attention and drag you towards it. The biggest need is what's going to drag you away from any kind of potential commitment to a certain group of people or a person. Committing yourself to a certain time and a specific day. It's important. Our relationship was great, but when we committed to March 9th at 2 o'clock, it became real. You know what I mean? And that commitment needs to be something that's a part of your daily life, committed to certain things, certain people, that you've decided, this is what I'm going to do with my life at this specific time. Otherwise, you're going to have people asking you to come pick them up for gas and all kinds of stuff, and you're just going to, oh, it was a big need and everything. And Oh, they need me to watch their kids. Oh, they need me to go mow their lawn. Oh, they need me to do this. And they can't do it because it's all an emergency for them. And your life is going to be so uncommitted that nobody really appreciates you. Am I talking here? Faithfully committing yourself to specific times, specific places, specific people. And here's the thing that always gets me. Church is here every Sunday at the same time. Guess what? If you and I put that on our calendar, wouldn't you hate it if, if I didn't have that on my calendar? Well, something better might come along. Knowing when and knowing where, where you're going to be and when you're going to be there. You decide it. Well, birthday parties and all this, okay, that's fine. But knowing when and where you're going to be, you choose it. You decide it. You know, some people only show up when they're given honor when they're made to feel important. I'm, I know somebody that won't come to the church because we're not going to give them a position. Yeah. Pretty funny, isn't it? It's just wrong. But that's okay. <laughs> Some people only show up when they're going to be given food or Time for dinner at the house, whatever it is, whatever it is you got going on. Some people will just only show up 
and there's something in it for them. What are you doing? What are you playing? What's going to be fun? Anything going to be fun? So-and-so going to be there? What's going to happen? What movie are we going to watch? What are we, we going to do? Yeah, we'll only show up for them. But the faithful, they're there. They're just there. <laughs> I love preaching this because I'm looking around to the room to just so, so many faithful, you guys are just so faithful. And I don't know if that you're faithful until I see you go through a hard moment and you stay faithful. And you keep showing up. You keep doing your ministry. Who, what, where, when? Those are vitals. How? People who don't put any effort into learning how struggle to be faithful. You can know when to show up for work, and you can show up for work, but if you don't know how to do your job, nobody can count on you. If you don't know how to be a good father, a good husband, a good wife, a good, a good mother, if you don't know how to do those things, you're responsible to find out how. If you're called to a certain ministry, you're responsible to figure out how. I'm responsible to teach you if you'll let me. We will show you how. And that's why we have the team of people here. Your responsibility is to figure out how to do the things you're supposed to do in this world and in this life. And to be a good father or husband, find a book. There's a great book. It's, um, it's called The Bible. That's a great one. Rob's holding it up back there. He's like, yep, I just started opening it up. It's a great book. You know, there are other books, you know, for being a good mom, a good, a good parent. You know, one of the things that I appreciated so much, and I hope Amy doesn't mind this. I don't always bring you up in the sermons, all right? But this is one of the things that helps me to, I, I know that it will help you to be endearing towards it. When I first met her and we started talking about, okay, this, is, this may be looking long term, I, I had to share with her up front. I said, you know what? I got to be honest with you. I will, I will always love Angela. I never got to fall out of love with her. And I don't know how you feel about that. Well, without even telling me, she found a book on this. And she started reading about how to love me. Isn't that beautiful? And she didn't tell me that for months, you know. And um, it's just beautiful. And you've got to search and find how to do what you're supposed to do with your life so that you can be faithful. You can be faithful. Listen to podcasts. Learn your role. Listen to other people who have done it. All right, so who, what, where, when, how, and let's talk about why real quick. Why you're doing what, you're do, what you do is important because if you don't know why you're doing it, then at some point you're not going to be faithful. Let me give you an illustration. Say you're, say you're one of our greeters at the church here. And you're standing at the back door. And if you don't know that part of the reason why you're there doing what you're doing is so that if there's a first-time guest that walks into the church, 
they don't feel like they're, they're clueless. There's somebody there that can help them in. If you don't know that that's why you're there, you're going to see the church family walking up, and they don't need you. They're walking in, and oh, they're saying hi to everybody. Outside, they're saying hi to everybody as they're coming in. And they don't really need you to go, welcome to Relate Church today. We're so glad that you're here. They don't need that. Why? Because they're family, and, and you'll be standing there going, man, this is kind of ridiculous. Why do they have me here? I don't understand why I'm here. I think I'm just going to go get a cup of coffee. And so you walk off, and you go get a cup of coffee. And what happens as soon as you walk off to go get a cup of coffee? The pastor looks and sees a guest come in, and you're not at your post. <laughs> and you miss saying hi to somebody. And it makes a huge difference. And if you don't know the why, you'll get disencouraged. You'll be frustrated with what you're doing because, man, it doesn't seem like there's a reason for me doing what I'm doing. And that one life may be the one life that God has put in your path to touch and make a difference for this day. And here's the thing. When trouble comes, if you don't know the why, you're going to give up. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So to live faithfully, you need to know why you're doing something. Normally we ask Normally, we ask these kinds of questions. Why am I with my spouse? Why? Why, did I, why am I married? This is frustrating. Why do I have these kids? These kids are frustrating. Why am I going to this church? Why am I volunteering? Why do I work at this job? I don't, why, 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 why? You need to know why. But here's the real why. It's deeper than those questions. You need to ask the question. This is a much better question. This is more pointed and it's so important. Why has God given me this marriage? Why has God given me these kids? Why has God given me this church? Why has God placed me in this job that I'm working? Why? And when you know the why, you'll be able to stand firm and strong through those trials, no matter how difficult they are. You see, these are your vitals. Who, what, where, when, how, and why. These are your vitals. Check your vitals today. Too often we think that the circumstances of life are our vitals. Finances. Oh, my finances are, are doing great or my fan finances are doing bad. Those aren't your vitals. Those can be the result of your vitals being in order. My health. My health is bad. Listen, your, your health could be dependent upon the water and you have no idea what's in your water. Your finances can be dependent upon the government and we have no idea what's going on with our government. Your marriage is dependent upon your spouse also doing things right. And you can't control those things. So those are not your vitals. Those are symptoms maybe, possibly, that your vitals are on or off. But here's the thing. Your vitals could be absolutely on 100% and those things falling apart in your life. Are you hearing me? That wasn't as big of an amen as I needed. <laughs> 
Your vitals could be absolutely perfectly on and your finances could be out the window. Your, your health could have problems. You could have all kinds of issues in your life. Those could be symptoms that your vitals are off, but they're not, they don't mean that. All right, so when you go to the hospital, when someone has an accident and they go in the hospital, they check their blood pressure, they check their, their pulse, they check their oxygen levels, they check these things and they say, okay, they're stable. And if those things are stable, if the vitals are stable, that person could be laying there with broken limbs or even severed limbs. They could be in a horribly critical condition. They could have uh, uh, cuts and bruises and all kinds of issues externally. But internally, if the doctor says, all right, but they're, they're stable, they're stable, their vitals are are stable. What does that mean? They're starting to heal already. And the doctor is confident at that moment because they're stable that healing has already started because that's the natural way for the body. And if your vitals are fine, if you have who, what, where, when, how, and why, if you've got those answers to, to the, the answers to those questions, your vitals will be stable. And no matter what you're going through financially, marriage, Health, whatever it is that you're going through, if you've got those vitals, guess what? You've already started to heal. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Second service better be really good. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> James David, would you come? Who you do life with? Who are you committed to? Who are you faithful to? Are you faithful to the faithful? Don't count on the people that aren't faithful to be your stable in life. You're there to help them. You're there on a mission for them. And you can love them. But you build your life with the faithful. And you be faithful to the faithful. And you be faithful even when the, faithful, the unfaithful aren't make sense what are you here to do what are you here to do do you know the answer to that question find it if you don't where are you to do it when are you to do it in other words have you scheduled to do it not, well, I don't know when. That's not the point. The point is, when are you scheduling to be faithful? When are you scheduling to be there for somebody? How? Are you learning how? Why? You need to know it. You better believe it. Jesus knew why he was going to the cross. He knew why. And that got him through it. Jesus talked about living a stable life. He said, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. These words I speak to you are that's stable, right? They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed 
to the rock. But if you just use my words in the Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter. Jesus used the word stupid, isn't that great? A stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach when a storm rolled in and the waves came up and collapsed like a house of cards. What's he talking about? Being faithful to the faithful. Getting the answers to these questions right. Being stable. You becoming a rock. An immovable force. And listen how the crowd responded to Jesus that day. And I want you to think about what it would have taken for them to respond this way. They would have had to see and know and hear how stable this man's life was for them to listen to what he said and respond this way. It says, when Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard Jesus teaching, heard teaching like this, that is. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, quite a contrast to their religious teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Why? Because it was good words? No, because he was living it. And they believed him. The psalmist wrote this, He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on the rock, on a rock making my footsteps firm. Solomon wrote this, When the whirlwind passes, when the tornado comes, the wicked is no more. Whoop, they get blown away. But the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Paul wrote, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, immovable, steady, sturdy, stable, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. What is he saying? He's saying, man, it's gonna be, there's going to be times where you just look and go, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why do I show up here every Sunday? Why do I show up and do this every week? I don't understand. Know that the work that you're doing in the Lord is never in vain. And I got a feeling there are bonus points in heaven for the days that I preach to like three people. <laughs> Steady, stable, doing it no matter what. Listen to the stable life, and we'll conclude with this, that God has prepared for us. And you need to know that God has a track record. He's got a track record for thousands of years with his people and how he's dealt with us. He's shown himself to be stable and true. And because of his stability, nothing will shake us from that firm foundation. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it all the way. And I love this. He put his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. When people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them so that if there's any question, they'll make good on that promise. The authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word a rock-solid guarantee. God can't break his word. 
He is the authority is what they're saying. He gave his word, a rock-solid guarantee. God cannot break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus running ahead on ahead of us has taken up his permanent post as high priest for us. That's how stable God wants to make our lives And that's his promises. We get to see him. We get to be with him. And when we believe that and trust that and know that, you and me, we become the most stable human beings on planet Earth. And for the world to look and see the rock-solid church of God, the people of God, the people that always are consistently doing what they're supposed to be doing, his people are you one of his people I know you are I know you are so let's go to lunch because you're already one of his people right you're that stable person but let's pray maybe there's something in your life today that maybe does need to be looked at Maybe one of these vitals, you picked up on it during the sermon. Maybe there's something that you need to stabilize. Think on it right now. Father, help us. As we look at our hearts, and we look at our lives, the who, what, where, when, how, and why our vitals. As we make decisions, make us healthy and strong and stable. So Father, right now we lay aside any issues we've got and we look to these. These are the things that matter. We ask you to give us wisdom. Wisdom. Come on, ask him without wavering. He wants to give wisdom. Father, we ask you for wisdom. I ask you for it. Wisdom to take care of your people. Wisdom to love the people in my life. To be faithful to the faithful. And to be a person of mission with those that aren't. To love them and care for them. Leading them into the kingdom of God. Give wisdom, I pray in Jesus' name. Come on, ask Him for wisdom. We believe. We believe. Thank you, Father. Maybe there's somebody here today that you're reconnecting with God right now. Come on, just talk to Him. God, I need you. I want you in my life. I thank you for your forgiveness. I want to get to know who you are and what you like and what you don't like. I want to I live a stable life with you. I want to accommodate for you living inside of me. I make you my God for the rest of my life. You're my rock. And today I stand upon you. In Jesus' name.